Good evening, my dear listeners. Teacher Sam here with another episode of You, Me, and Words. Guess what? It is episode one, season seven. Yes, I can't believe that we have actually reached season seven. I think it's incredible. I think it's awesome. I am very proud of this English teaching podcast. And as always, I thank you very, very much for your support, for your positive feedback, and for just still sticking around and listening. I really, really appreciate it. As I tell you guys, it's impossible to teach you every little thing I'd like to teach you through this podcast, but I think it's fair to say that we are learning something new in every single episode. So if you're listening to this English teaching podcast, You, Me, and Words, for the very first time, I really think that you should go back all the way to season one, episode one, and listen to every single episode if you can, because I guarantee you that you're going to learn a ton. What does that mean? You're going to learn a ton. You're going to learn a lot. Now, listen, what I want to do for the very first episode of season number seven is I actually want to continue reading our amazing book, Charlotte's Web. And what I want to do in tonight's episode is I want to finish reading the book. So we are finally going to finish this amazing book and find out what exactly happens uh, at the very end of it. So please, if you have not followed the reading of this amazing book, Charlotte's Web, again, I recommend you go back all the way to the beginning and uh, like I always say, you know, if you're able to buy the book on Amazon, I think it's like six, seven dollars, buy it and follow me as I read this book. I know that it has taken us a very long time, like really a very long time to get through this book. But believe me when I tell you, I try my best to give you as much of myself as possible. <laughs> Sometimes it's completely difficult to do that because I'm just so busy with all these things. But, you know, better slowly, better little by little than nothing at all. So yeah, it has taken us a very long time to get through this book. But guess what? We're going to finish reading it tonight. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so the name of episode number 19 is The Egg Sack. 
Next morning, when the first light came into the sky and the sparrows stirred into in the trees, when the cows rattled their chains and the rooster crowd and the early automobiles went whispering along the road, Wilbur awoke and looked for Charlotte. He saw her up overhead in a corner near the back of his pen. She was very quiet. Her eight legs were spread wide. She seemed to have shrunk during the night. Next to her, attached to the ceiling, Wilbur saw a curious object. It was a sort of sack or cocoon. It was peach-colored and looked as though it were made of cotton candy. Are you awake, Charlotte? he said softly. Yes, came the answer. What is that nifty little thing? Did you make it? I did, indeed, replied Charlotte in a weak voice. Is it a plaything? Plaything? I should say not. It is my egg sack, my magnum opus. I don't know what a magnum opus is, said Wilbur. So let's pause there very quickly. Uh, this chapter starts in a very interesting way because Wilbur has woken up and immediately he's looking for his friend Charlotte and she looks a little different this morning. She seemed to have shrunk. What exactly does that word mean? It comes from the verb to shrink right? And when something shrinks, it becomes smaller. Yes. So this is the past tense of the verb to shrink. So she seemed to have shrunk. So Charlotte, the spider, uh, seems to have gotten smaller, according uh, to this first page of chapter 19. <clears throat> So, you know, Wilbur is kind of looking around and he saw a curious object. He saw an interesting thing. We don't know what it is yet, right? But it's interesting to him. It's something kind of new, something kind of interesting. So he asks Charlotte, who, by the way, seems to be very weak at this point, and we don't know why yet. He says, what is that? Nifty little thing. N-I-F-T-Y. Nifty. When something is nifty, it is useful. It is interesting. Yes? So what is that interesting, useful little thing? What is that nifty little thing? And he wants to know, you know, hey, Charlotte, did you make it? And she says, I did indeed. What does that mean? It means, yes, of course I did. But remember, you guys, Charlotte's voice is very weak here. And so something is definitely going on with Charlotte. Uh, please remember, we're going to finish the book tonight. And um, I should give you a fair warning. I've read this book 
probably five times before. It's honestly one of my favorite English books ever or books written in English ever. And every single time we get to the end of the book, I always cry. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen tonight, but I'm just warning you guys in case it happens. And I can't tell you why I cry at the end of the book, but we'll find out. Okay, so let me continue uh, here. I don't know what magnum opus is, said Wilbur. That's Latin, explained Charlotte. It means great work. This egg sac is my great work, the finest thing I have ever made. What's inside it? asked Wilbur. Eggs? 514 of them, she replied. 514, said Wilbur. You're kidding. No, I'm not. I counted them. I got started counting, so I kept on just to keep my mind occupied, just to keep my mind busy. It's a perfectly beautiful exact, said Wilbur, feeling as happy as though he had constructed it himself. Yes, it is pretty, replied Charlotte, patting the sack with her two front legs. Anyway, I can guarantee that it is strong. It's made out of the toughest material I have. It is also waterproof. So if you have something that's waterproof, uh, what does it mean? It means you can have it inside water and nothing will happen to it. So for example, you cannot put your cell phone in water because then something will happen to it. So your cell phone is not waterproof, right? But there are other things that are waterproof, which means they are basically protected under water. Okay, so the eggs are inside and will be warm and dry. Okay, next page here. Charlotte, said Wilbur dreamily, are you really going to have 514 children? If nothing happens, yes, she said, of course, they won't show up till next spring. Wilbur noticed that Charlotte's voice sounded sad. What makes you sound so downhearted? I should think you'd be terribly happy about it. So you see, something is going on with Charlotte with the spider. And Wilbur, the pig, wants to know what's going on with you. Um, why do you sound so sad? Oh, don't pay any attention to me, said Charlotte. I just don't have much pep anymore. I guess I feel sad because I won't ever see my children. Ooh, here we go. I think I'm going to start crying soon. What do you mean you won't see your children? Of course you will. We'll all see them. It's going to be simply wonderful next spring in the barn cellar with 514 baby spiders running around all over the place. And the geese will have a new set of goslings and the sheep will have their new lambs. Maybe, said Charlotte quietly. However, I have a feeling I'm not going to see the results of last night's efforts. 
I don't feel good at all. I think I'm languishing. To tell you the truth, Wilbur didn't understand the word languish, and he hated to bother Charlotte by asking her to explain. But he was so worried, he felt he had to ask, what does languishing mean? It means I'm slowing up, feeling my age. So what is Charlotte saying here? She's saying, I'm getting older. Yes. Okay. I'm not young anymore, Wilbur, but I don't want you to worry about me. This is your big day today. Look at my web. Doesn't it show up well with the dew on it? Charlotte's web never looked more beautiful than it looked this morning. Each strand held dozens of bright drops of early morning dew. The light from the east struck it and made it all plain and clear. It was a perfect piece of designing and building. In another hour or two, a steady stream of people would pass by, admiring it and reading it and looking at Wilbur and marveling at the miracle. As Wilbur was studying the web, a pair of whiskers and a sharp face appeared. Slowly, Templeton, don't forget Templeton, guys, don't forget our little rat, Templeton, slowly Templeton dragged himself across the pen and threw himself down in a corner. I'm back, he said in a husky voice. What a night! The rat was swollen to twice his normal size. His stomach was as big around as jelly jar. What a night! he repeated hoarsely. What feasting and carousing, a real gorge. I must have eaten the remains of 30 lunches. Never have I seen such, never have I seen such leavings and everything well ripened and seasoned with the passage of time and the heat of the day. Oh, it was rich, my friends, rich. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, said Charlotte in disgust. It would serve you right if you had an acute attack of indigestion. Don't worry about my stomach, snarled Templeton. It can handle anything. And by the way, I've got some bad news. As I came past that pig next door, the one that calls himself Uncle, I noticed the blue tag on the front of his pen. That means he has won first prize. I guess you're licked, Wilbur. You might as well relax. Nobody's going to hang any metal on you. Furthermore, I wouldn't be surprised if Zuckerman changes his mind about you. Wait till he gets hankering for some fresh pork and smoked ham and crisp bacon. He'll take the knife to you, my boy. Be still, Templeton, said Charlotte. You are too stuffed and bloated to know what you're saying. Don't pay any attention to him, Wilbur. Wilbur tried not to think about what the rat had just said. He decided to change the subject. Templeton, said Wilbur, if you weren't so dopey, you would have noticed that Charlotte has made an egg sack. She's going to become a mother. For your information, there are 514 eggs in that peachy little sack. Is this true? asked the rat eyeing the sack suspiciously. Yes, it's true, sighed Charlotte. Congratulations, murmured Templeton. This has been a night. 
he closed his eyes, pulled some straw over himself, and dropped off into a deep sleep. Wilbur and Charlotte were glad to be rid of him for a while. At nine o'clock, Mr. Arable's truck rolled into the fairgrounds and came to a stop at Wilbur's pen. Everybody climbed out. Look, look, cried Fern. Look at Charlotte's Look what it says. The grown-ups and the children joined hands and stood there, studying the new sign. Humble, said Mr. Zuckerman. Now, isn't that just the word for Wilbur? Everyone rejoiced to find that the miracle of the web had been repeated. Wilbur gazed up lovingly into their faces. He looked very humble and very grateful. Fern winked at Charlotte. Lurvy soon got busy. He poured a bucket of warm slops into the throw. And while Wilbur ate his breakfast, Lurvy scratched him gently with a smooth stick. Very important that you guys understand what's going on at this point. Charlotte has managed to help Wilbur once again. She has waved another word here, a very special word, right? Humble, humble, right? And of course, everybody's going crazy. They think that, you know, uh, Wilbur is this super special pig. And remember, what Charlotte is really trying to do here is she's trying to somehow save Wilbur's life. She doesn't want Wilbur to be killed for Christmas. She doesn't want, you know, Mr. Zuckerberg to make ham out of Wilbur, right? So remember, it's a very special friendship between these two uh, animals. I should say, between an animal, uh, the pig, and then an insect, a spider called Charlotte here, right? Also, do you notice that Charlotte's web has been mentioned twice already? And so now you understand exactly why the name of the book is Charlotte's Web. Yes? Wait a minute cried Avery. Look at this. He pointed to the blue tag on Uncle's pen. This pig has won first prize already. The Zuckermans and the Arables stared at the tag. Mrs. Zuckerman began to cry. Nobody said a word. They just stared at the tag when they stared at Uncle. Then they stared at Uncle. Then they stared at the tag again. Lurvy took out an enormous handkerchief and blew his nose very loud. So loud, in fact, that the noise was heard by stable boys over at the horse barn. Can I have some money? asked Fern. I want to go out on the midway. You stay right where you are, said her mother. Tears came to Fern's eyes. What every, what's everybody crying about? Asked Mr. Zuckerman. Let's get busy, Edith. Bring the buttermilk. Mrs. Zuckerman wiped her eyes with her handkerchief. She went to the truck and came back with a gallon jar of buttermilk. Bath time, said Zuckerman cheerfully. He and Mrs. Zuckerman and Avery climbed into Wilbur's pen. Avery slowly poured buttermilk on Wilbur's head and back, and as it trickled down his sides and cheeks, 
Mr. and Mrs. Zuckerman rubbed it into his hair and skin. Passerby stopped to watch. Pretty soon, quite a crowd had gathered. Wilbur grew beautifully white and smooth. The morning sun shone through his pink ears. He isn't as big as that pig next door, remarked one bystander. But he's cleaner. That's what I like. So do I, said another man. He's humble, too, said a woman, reading the sign on the web. Everybody who visited the pig pen had a good word to say about Wilbur. Everyone admired the web. And, of course, nobody noticed Charlotte. Suddenly, a voice was heard on the loudspeaker. Attention, please, it said. Will Mr. Homer Zuckerman bring his famous pig to the judge's booth in front of the, grands, uh, in front of the grandstand? A special award will be made there in 20 minutes. Everyone is invited to attend. Rate your pig, please, Mr. Zuckerman, and report to the judge's booth promptly. What does promptly mean? It means report to the judge's booth right now, immediately, promptly. For a moment after his announcement, the Arables and the Zuckermans were unable to speak or move. Then Avery picked up a handful of straw and threw it high in the air and gave a loud yell. The straw fluttered down like confetti into Fern's hair. Mr. Zuckerman hugged Mrs. Zuckerman. Mr. Arable kissed Mrs. Arable. Avery kissed Wilbur. Lurvy shook hands with everybody. Fern hugged her mother. Avery hugged Fern. Mrs. Arable hugged Mrs. Zuckerman. Up ahead, in the shadows of the ceiling, Charlotte crouched unseen, her front legs encircling her egg sack. Her heart was not beating as strongly as usual, and she felt weary and old. She felt weary and old, so she felt worried and old. But she was sure at last that she had saved Wilbur's life, and she felt peaceful and contented. We have no time to lose, shouted Mr. Zuckerman. Lurvy, help with the crate. Can I have some money? asked Fern. You wait, said Mrs. Arable. Can't you see everybody's busy? Put that empty buttermilk jar into the truck, commanded Mr. Arable. Avery grabbed the jar and rushed to the truck. Does my hair look all right? Asked Mrs. Zuckerman. Looks fine, snapped Mr. Zuckerman, as he and Lurvy set the crate down in front of Wilbur. You didn't even look at my hair, said Mrs. Zuckerman. You're right. You're all right, Edith, said Mrs. Arable. Just keep calm. Templeton, asleep in the straw, heard the commotion and awoke. He didn't know exactly what was going on, but when he saw the men showing Wilbur into the crate, oh, shoving um, Wilbur into the crate, he made up his mind to go along. He watched his uh, chance, and when no one was looking, he crept into the crate and buried himself in the straw at the bottom. Already, boys, cried Mr. Zuckerman, let's go. He and Mr. Arable and Lurvy and Avery grabbed the crate and boosted it over the side of the pen 
and up into the trunk. Fern jumped abroad and sat on top <clears throat> and sat on top of the crate. She still had straw in her head and looked very pretty and excited. Mr. Arable started the motor. Everybody climbed in and off they drove to the judge's booth in front of the grandstand. As they passed the Ferris wheel, Fern gazed up at it and wished she were in the topmost car with Henry Fussy at her side. Okay, let's continue the next, um, continue to the next chapter here, guys. I want to finish this book. I am determined to finish our book tonight. The name of chapter 20 is The Hour of Triumph. Look at that word, triumph. It's like, what is that? The, it's a very important hour. Something important is going to happen here. Special announcement, said the loudspeaker in a pompous voice. The management of the fair takes great pleasure in presenting Mr. Homer L. Zuckerman and his famous pig. The truck bearing his this extraordinary animal is now approaching the infield. Kindly stand back, stand back and give the truck room to proceed. In a few moments, the pig will be unloaded in the special judging ring in front of the grandstand where a special award will be made. Will the crowd please make way and let the truck pass? Thank you. Wilbur trembled. He was shaking, right? When he heard his, this speech, he felt happy but dizzy. The truck crept along slowly in low speed. Crowds of people surrounded it, and Mr. Arable had to drive very carefully in order not to run over anybody. At last, the, at last he managed to reach the judge's stand. Avery jumped out and lowered the tailgate. I'm scared to death, whispered Mrs. Zuckerman. Hundreds of people are looking at us. Cheer up, replied Mrs. Arable. This is fun. Unload your pig, please, said the loudspeaker. All together now, boys, said Mr. Zuckerman. Several men stepped forward from the crowd to help lift the crate. Avery was the busiest helper of all. Tuck your shirt in, Avery, cried Mrs. Zuckerman, and tighten your belt. Your pants are coming down. Can't you see I'm busy? replied Avery in disgust. Look, cried Fern, pointing. There's Henry. Don't shout, Fern, said her mother, and don't point. Can't I please have some money, asked Fern. Henry invited me to go on the ferry's wheel again. Only I don't think he has any money left. He ran out of money. Mrs. Arable opened her handbag. Here, she said, here's 40 cents. Now don't get lost and be back at our regular meeting place by the pig pen very soon. Fern raced off, ducking and dodging through the crowd in search of Henry. The Zuckerman pig is now being taken from his crate, boomed the voice of the loudspeaker. Stand by for an announcement. Templeton crouched under the straw at the bottom of the crate. What a lot of nonsense. 
muttered the rat. What a lot of fuss about nothing. Over in the pig pen, silent and alone, Charlotte rested. Her two front legs embraced the egg sack. Charlotte could hear everything that was said on the loudspeaker. The words gave her courage. This was her hour of triumph. As Wilbur came out of the crate, the crowd clapped and cheered. Woohoo! Mr. Zuckerman took off his cap and bowed. Lurvy pulled his big handkerchief from his pocket and wiped the sweat from the back of his neck. Avery knelt in the dirt by Wilbur's side, busily stroking him and showing off. Mrs. Zuckerman and Mrs. Arable stood on the running board of the truck. Ladies and gentlemen, said the loudspeaker. We now present Mr. Homer L. Zuckerman's distinguished pig. The fame of this unique animal has spread to the far corners of the earth, attracting many valuable tourists to our great state. Many of you will recall that never-to-be-forgotten day last summer when the writing appeared mysteriously on the spider's web in Mr. Zuckerman's barn, calling the attention of all and sundry oops calling the attention of all and sundry to the fact that the pig was completely out of the ordinary this miracle has never been fully explained although learned men have visited the zuckerman pig pen to study and observe the phenomenon in the last analysis, we simply know that we are dealing with supernatural forces here, and we should all feel proud and grateful. In the words of the spider's web, ladies and gentlemen, this is some pig. You see, this is really, really interesting. Why? Nobody knows that a spider did all of this. Everybody thinks that these are some kind of supernatural forces here. What is a supernatural force? It's a force that you can't explain. Yes, so that's really, really interesting here, right? Charlotte did all of this. They would never, ever believe it if someone told them that something as, as tiny, as small as a spider is actually capable of doing this, right? Wilbur blushed. He stood perfectly still and tried to look his best. This magnificent animal, continued the loudspeaker, is truly terrific. Look at him, ladies and gentlemen. Note the smoothness and whiteness of the coat. Observe the spotless skin, the healthy pink glow of ears and snout. It's the buttermilk, whispered Mrs. Arable to Mrs. Zuckerman. Note the general radiance of this animal. Then remember the day when the word radiant appeared clearly on the web. Whence came this mysterious writing? Not from the spider, we can rest assured of that. Spiders are very clever at weaving their webs. But needless to say, spiders cannot write. Oh, they can't, can't they? murmured Charlotte to herself. Ladies and gentlemen, continued the loudspeaker, I must not take any more of your valuable time. On behalf of the governors of the fair, I have the honor of awarding a special prize of $25 to Mr. Zuckerman 
together with a handsome bronze medal suitably engraved in token of our appreciation of the part played by this pig, this radiant, this terrific, this humble pig in attracting so many visitors to our great county fair. Wilbur had been feeling dizzier and dizzier through this long complimentary speech. When he heard the crowd begin to cheer and clap again, he suddenly fainted away. His legs collapsed, his mind went blank, and he fell to the ground unconscious. What's wrong? asked the loudspeaker. What's going on, Zuckerman? What's the trouble with your pig? Avery was kneeling by Wilbur's head, stroking him. Mr. Zuckerman was dancing about, fanning him with his cap. He's all right. He's all right, cried Mr. Zuckerman. He gets these spells. He's modest and can't stand praise. Well, we can't give a prize to a dead pig, said the loudspeaker. It's never been done. He, he isn't dead, hollered Zuckerman. He, he's fainted. He, he gets embarrassed easily. Run for some water, Lurvy. Lurvy sprang from the judge's ring and disappeared. Templeton poked his head from the straw. He noticed that the end of Wilbur's tail was within reach. Templeton grinned. I'll tend to this, he chuckled. He took Wilbur's tail in the mouth and bit it, just as hard as he could bite. The pain revived Wilbur. In a flash, he was back on his feet. Ouch! he screamed. Hooray! yelled the crowd. He's up! The pig's up! Good work, Suckerman! That's some pig! Everyone was delighted. Everyone was happy. Mr. Zuckerman was the most pleased of all. <sighs> he sighed with relief. Nobody had seen Templeton. The rat had done his work well. And now, one of the judges climbed into the ring with prizes. He handed Mr. Zuckerman two $10 bills and a $5 bill. Then he tied the medal around Wilbur's neck. Then he shook hands with Mr. Zuckerman while Wilbur blushed. Every putt, oh, excuse me, <laughs> Avery put out his hand and the judge shook hands with him too. The crowd cheered, yay, woohoo! A photographer took Wilbur's picture. A great feeling of happiness swept over the Zuckermans and the Arables. This was the greatest moment in Zuckerman's life. It is deeply satisfying to win a prize in front of a lot of people. As Wilbur was being sho uh, shoved back into the crate, Lurvy came charging through the crowd carrying a pail of water. His eyes had a wild look. Without hesitating a second, he dashed the water at Wilbur. In his excitement, he missed his aim, and the water splashed all over Mr. Zuckerman and Avery. They got soaking wet. For goodness sake, bellowed Mr. Zuckerman, who was really drenched. What ails you, Lurvy? Can't you see the pig is all right? You asked for water, said Lurvy meekly. I didn't ask for a shower bath, said Mr. Zuckerman. The crowd roared with laughter. Finally, Mr. Zuckerman had to laugh. Finally, Mr. Zuckerman had to laugh too. And of course, 
Avery was tickled to find himself so wet, and he immediately started to act like a clown. He pretended he was taking a shower bath. He made faces and danced around um, and rubbed imaginary soap under his armpits. Then he dried himself with an imaginary towel. Avery, stop it, cried his mother. Stop showing off. But the crowd loved it. Avery heard nothing but the applause applause. He liked being a clown in a ring with everybody watching in front of a grandstand. When he discovered there was still a little water left in the bottom of the pail, he raised the pail high in the air and dumped the water on himself and made faces. The children in the grandstand screamed with appreciation. At last, things calmed down. Wilbur was loaded into the truck. Avery was led from the ring by his mother and placed on set, no, and placed on the seat of the truck to dry off. The truck, driven by, by Mr. Arable, crawled slowly back to the pig pen. Avery's wet trousers made a big wet spot on the seat. Chapter 21. We're getting closer to the end, dear students. The name of chapter 21 is Last Day. Charlotte and Wilbur were alone. The families had gone to look for Fern. Templeton was asleep. Wilbur lay resting after the excitement and strain of the ceremony. His medal still hung from the neck by looking out of the corner of his eye. He could see it. Charlotte, said Wilbur after a while, why are you so quiet? I like to sit still, she said. I've always been rather quiet. Yes, but you seem specially so today. Do you feel all right? A little tired, perhaps, but I feel peaceful. Your success in the ring this morning was, to a small degree, my success. Your future is assured. You will live secure and safe. Nothing can harm you now, Wilbur. These autumn days will shorten and grow cold. The leaves will shake loose from the trees and fall. Christmas will come, then the snows of winter. You will live to enjoy the beauty of the frozen world, for you mean a great deal to Zuckerman, and he will not harm you ever. Winter will pass, the days will lengthen, the ice will melt, and the pasture pond. The song sparrow will return and sing. The frogs will awake. The warm wind will blow again. All these sights and sounds and smells will be yours to enjoy, Wilbur. This lovely world, these precious days. <clears throat> Charlotte stopped. A moment later, a tear came to Wilbur's eye. Oh, Charlotte, he said, to think that when I first met you, I thought you were cruel and bloodthirsty. When he recovered from his emotion, he spoke again. Why did you do all of this for me, he asked. I don't deserve it. I've never done anything for you. You have been my friend, replied Charlotte. That in itself is a tremendous thing. I wove my web for you because I liked you. After all, what's a life anyway? We're born, we live a little, 
we die. A spider's life can't help being something of a mess. With all this tripping and eating eating flies. By helping you, perhaps, I was trying to lift up my life a trifle. Heaven knows anyone's life can stand a little of that. Well, said Wilbur, I'm no good at making speeches. I haven't got your gift for words, but you have saved me, Charlotte. And I would gladly give my life for you. I really would. I'm sure you would, and I thank you for your generous sentiments. Charlotte, said Wilbur, we're all going home today. The fair is almost over. Won't it be wonderful to be back home in the barn cellar again with the sheep and the geese? Aren't you anxious to get home? So you see, guys, Wilbur is excited to get back home. He's sharing the news with Charlotte. Let's see what she says. For a moment, Charlotte said nothing. Then she spoke in a voice so low, Wilbur could hardly hear the words. I will not be I will not be going back to the barn, she said. Wilbur leapt to his feet. Not going back, he cried. Charlotte, what are you talking about? I'm done for, she replied. In a day or two I'll be dead. I haven't even strength enough to climb down into the crate. I doubt if I have enough silk in my spinners to lower me to the ground. Hearing this, Wilbur threw himself down in an ag- in agony. Hearing this, Wilbur threw himself down in an agony of pain and sorrow. Great sobs racked his body. So what is Wilbur the pig doing right now? He is crying and crying and crying. Why is he crying? Because Charlotte just told him that she's dying, basically. She won't be going back to the farm, to the barn. Um, sorry, yes. He heaved and grunted with d- desolation. Charlotte, he moaned. Charlotte, my true friend. Come now, let's not make a scene, said the spider. Be quiet, Wilbur. Stop thrashing about. But I can't stand it, shouted Wilbur. I won't leave you here alone to die. If you're going to stay here, I shall stay too. Don't be ridiculous, said Charlotte. You can't stay here. Zuckerman and Lurvy and John Arable... And the others will be back any minute now. And they'll show you, no, they'll shove you into that crate and away you'll go. Besides, it wouldn't make any sense for you to stay. There would be no one to feed you. The fairgrounds will soon be empty and deserted. Wilbur was in a panic. He raced round and round the pen. Suddenly, he had an idea. He thought of the egg sack and the 514 little spiders that would hatch in the spring. If Charlotte herself was unable to go home to the barn, at least he must take her children along. Wilbur rushed to the front of his pen. He put his front feet on the top board and gazed around. In the distance, he saw the arables and the Zuckermans approaching. 
He knew he would have to act quickly. Where's Templeton, he demanded. He's in that corner, under the straw, asleep, said Charlotte. Wilbur rushed over, pushed his strong snout under the rat and tossed him into the air. Templeton, screamed Wilbur, pay attention. The rat, surprised out of a sound sleep, looked first dazed, then disgusted. What kind of monkey shine is this? He growled. Can't rat catch a wink of sleep without being rudely popped into the air? Listen to me, cried Wilbur. Charlotte is very ill. Charlotte is very sick. She has only a short time to live. She cannot accompany us home because of her condition. Therefore, it is absolutely necessary that I take her egg sack with me. I can't reach it and I can't climb. You are the only one that can get it. There's not a second to be lost. The people are coming. They'll be here in no time. Please, 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 Templeton, climb up and get the egg sack. The rat yawned. <sighs> he yawned, straightened his whiskers. He looked up at the egg sack. So, he said in disgust. So it's old Templeton to the rescue again, is it? Templeton do this, Templeton do that, Templeton please run down to the dump and get me a magazine clipping, Templeton please lend me a piece of string so I can spin a web. Oh hurry, said Wilbur, hurry up Templeton. But the rat was in no hurry. He began imitating Wilbur's voice. So it's hurry up Templeton, isn't it? And what thanks do I ever get for those services? I would like to know. Never a kind word for old Templeton. Only abuse. Never a kind word for a rat. Templeton said Wilbur in desperation. If you don't stop talking and get busy, all will be lost and I will die of a broken heart. Please climb up. Templeton lay back in the straw. Lazily, he placed his paws behind his head and crossed his knees in an attitude of complete relaxation. Die of a broken heart, he mimicked. How touching, my, my. I notice that it's always me you come to. But I've never heard of anyone's heart breaking on my account. Oh no, who cares anything about old Templeton? You see, Rat is complaining and complaining and complaining. And now you know everything that Charlotte has done for Wilbur. And she is not complaining. She hasn't said one word. Instead, she's very gracious. She's very humble. She is very brave in defeat. Okay? And this brings us to the very last a uh, couple of pages here. And so Wilbur came home to his beloved manure pile in the barn cellar. He was a his was a strange homecoming. Around his neck he wore a medal of honor. In his mouth he held a sack of spider's egg. There is no place like home, Wilbur thought as he placed Charlotte's 514 unborn children carefully in a safe corner. The barns smell good. His friends, 
The sheep and the geese were glad to see him back. The geese gave him a noisy welcome. Congratulations, they cried. Nice work. Mr. Zuckerman took the medal from Wilbur's neck and hung it on a nail over the pig pen, where visitors could examine it. Wilbur himself could look at it whenever he wanted to. In the days that followed, he was very happy. He grew to a great size. He no longer worried about being killed, for he knew that Mr. Zuckerman would keep him as long as he lived. Wilbur often thought of Charlotte. A few strands of her old web still hung in the doorway. Every day, Wilbur would stand and look at the torn, empty web, and a lump would come to his throat. No one had ever had such a friend, so affectionate, so loyal, and so skillful. The autumn days grew shorter. Lurvy brought the squashes and pumpkins in front of the garden and piled them on the barn floor where they wouldn't get nipped. Uh, let's see here. Second here. Mr. Zuckerman took fine care of Wilbur all the rest of his days, and the pig was often visited by friends and admirers, for nobody ever forgot the year of his triumph and the miracle of the web. Life in the barn was very good, night and day, winter and summer, spring and fall, dull days and bright days. It was the best place to be, thought Wilbur, this warm, delicious cellar, with the girlless geese, the changing seasons, the heat of the sun, the passage of swallows, the nearness of rats, the sameness of sheep, the love of spiders, the smell of manure, and the glory of everything. Wilbur never forgot Charlotte, although he loved their children and grandchildren dearly. None of the new spiders ever quite took her place in his heart. She was in a class by herself. It is not often that someone comes along who is a true friend and a good writer. Charlotte was both. The end. So we are finally done with our beautiful, precious, beloved book, Charlotte's Web. I really hope you guys have enjoyed this book as much as I enjoy it. It is truly one of my favorite English books. Again, if you have not followed our book reading series, go all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, season one, episode one, start listening to all the episodes, and I promise you, you will pick it up. Thank you.